0: Evidence and Answers. You're listening to Evidence and Answers with your host, Pat Zuchrin. Pat is a popular teacher, speaker, and author in the area of Christian apologetics, the defense of the Christian faith. Every week, Pat and his friends provide reasons for faith and hope in Christ. This week, we're listening to another one of the messages from our recent Hawaii Apologetics Conference. Each year, Pat hosts this conference, which features some of the premier Christian scholars and apologists from around this nation. Our theme this year was Evidence of Life Beyond the Grave, and featured noted Christian scholars Dr. Gary Habermas and Dr. Ron Rhodes. Today we will hear part one from a study entitled, Is Jesus the Only Way? Taught by Pat Zucran. Without delay, here's Pat with part one. All right, folks. Well, we're glad to see all of you here. This is our ninth annual Hawaii
1: Apologetics Conference. And each year we get to bring some of the top Christian scholars from all over the country and the world to join us here. People say, you enjoy speaking at the conference? I said, well, it's kind of nerve-wracking, because a lot of times you're speaking in front of your professors. One of these guys was actually on my second reader, on my doctoral paper, getting kind of intimidated back there, and then I remembered, oh, they're not grading me anymore. So hey, it's all right. <laughs> you know, one time, it's a true story, I was preaching for the first time on the mainland in California, just a young 21-year-old kid preaching for the first time in Southern California, my preaching professor said, I'm coming to hear you. So I said, oh, no. All right. Well, I'm going to make sure I'm really good. And so I was really polished and I had all memorized. I was ready to go. My professor came in. Of course, everyone's dressed very casual, but he comes in in a suit and tie. So he stood out like a sore thumb and he sat right in the front row. So you saw me preaching and then he kind of looked up at me, kind of shook his head and he got up and he walked out. And everyone said, man, your preaching volume went down like this. And I just crawled through the sermon. And when I was done, they said, man, that's the most lifeless sermon I've ever heard. And I said, yeah, sorry." I said, that guy, they said, what, that old codger? I said, yeah, well, that's my preaching prof. He got up and left on me. So anyway, the next day I saw him in class and I was sitting in the back kind of hiding from him. And he said, halfway through his sermon, I had a really bad stomachache, So I had to get up and walk out. So he said, Pat, I apologize. I hope it didn't affect you. You know, and I looked at him. and said, "I did it." That's a... So, if they walk out and you see my volume drop, you know, you don't know why. Well, is Jesus the only way? Do all roads lead to heaven? You know, a few years ago, I had one of the most difficult discussions I have ever had in my life. Just a couple of years ago, my. <laughs> 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 terrible, terrible. These are seminary professors. Yeah, I know. Well, just a few years ago, you know, my uncle chose not to get any more dialysis treatment, which meant then he only was going to have a couple of weeks left to live because it was too taxing on him. It was too much of a burden on the family. He decided he wasn't going to continue his dialysis treatment and he only had a couple weeks left and that meant he was preparing to face death. And so my cousins came from all over the country to spend the last couple weeks with their father and my favorite cousin was there. And I remember I came walking in and I said hello and my cousin, you know, we grew up together, my favorite cousin in the whole world, he he grabbed me and said, hey can I talk to you for a second? I said, sure. He goes, let's go outside. So we went outside the room and he said, you know my father chose not to have dialysis treatment anymore. I said, "I understand." He goes, "And you know what that means? He's he's going to die in a couple weeks." I said, "Right." And he said, "You know, because it was too much of a burden on us, he chose not to continue on." I said, "I understand." He says, "Doesn't that make him a saint? He's going to heaven, right?" And knowing that my uncle's a devout Buddhist, everything in me wanted to say, "Sure." Doesn't matter what you believe, atheist, Hindu, Buddhist, don't worry about it, man. Hey, you'll see him again. I think the hardest words that came out of my mouth, I looked at him and I said, you know, I said, cuz, man, eternal life hinges on one thing. Do you know the Son of God, Jesus Christ? Do you know him? And he looked at me and he said, well, you know, my dad's a devout Buddhist. And I said, well, that's why I'm here. You know, if you guys want to talk about it, that's why I'm here. He goes, well, he doesn't want to talk to you about it. I said, I know, but I'm here anyway. And he said, so without Jesus, there's no... I said, yeah, it comes down to, do you know the Son of God, Jesus Christ? And we both were quiet for about a minute. And he was looking down, and I was looking over at him. I didn't know what to say. And he finally looked up at me, and he said, well, I, I just thought I'd ask. You know, and he walked back in. And that was probably one of the most difficult conversations that I have had. And this is an issue many of us struggle with. Many of us are first-generation Christians. We're the first Christians in our family or in our entire clan. That would mean those who have died before us or friends and family who don't know Christ, we, possibility, we may never ever see them again. It's also a teaching that many in our culture today find offensive about Christianity because they perceive Christians as being narrow-minded and intolerant. Some common objections you often hear are these. Aren't all religions essentially the same? Aren't there many ways to God? What about those who never heard the gospel or God is too loving to send anyone to hell? You know, in our culture today, we're taught to tolerate all religions and all beliefs and to say one religion is true and the others are false means you're, you're intolerant and you're narrow-minded, something no one wants to be labeled. And this is one of the great challenges facing the church today. You know, the majority of Americans, a recent survey shows, 70% of the culture believes that there are many ways to heaven. In fact, not too long ago, there was a survey taken of one of the major denominations in our country, and it states that over half believed there are other ways to heaven. Recently, one of the best-selling books came out by a guy named Rob Bell, and it became a bestseller all over the country. And Rob Bell, in his book *Love Wins*, stated that eventually everybody goes to heaven. And here's a section in his book. It says, "The staggering number of people who have been taught that a select few Christians will spend forever in a peaceful, joyous place called heaven, while the rest of humanity spends forever in torment and punishment in hell, with no chance for anything better." It has been clearly communicated to many that this belief is a central truth of the Christian faith, and to reject it is, in essence, to reject Jesus. He states, This is misguided, toxic, and ultimately subverts the contagious spread of Jesus' message of love, peace, forgiveness, and joy that our world desperately needs to hear. Well, if pluralism is true, if all roads lead to God— then Jesus and his work on the cross is not necessary for salvation. The gospel is not necessary for salvation. Then evangelism, then, really is not necessary. And missions is not necessary. But is it true? Are there many ways to heaven, or is Jesus the only way? Well, the popular teaching in our culture today is pluralism. The belief that all religions are equal and valid ways to God. And it's often illustrated in this story here, you find in the Hindu and Buddhist scriptures. It's about the elephant and the six blind men. And the story is like this. There was a king who sat on a balcony and he called six blind men. And he had them touch different parts of the elephant. One guy touched the trunk, one guy touched the feet, one the tail, one the body, one the ear, and one the tusk over there. And then the king asked them, what is in front of you? And one guy said, well, what I, the guy grabbing the trunk said, well, what we have here is a snake. And the other guy said, no, 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 not at all. The guy grabbing the tux said, what we have here is a spear. And the other guy said, no, you're all wrong. What we have here is a fan. And the fourth guy said, no, no, you're all wrong. What we have here up against the wall. And the other guy grabbing the tail said, no, no, you're all wrong. What's in front of us is a rope. And the final guy grabbing the legs said, no, what, you're all wrong. What we have here is a tree stump. And they begin arguing with each other. And the moral of the story is this. They're all talking about the same thing. They're all talking about an elephant. But it's because they're blind, they think, okay, each one is right, and they're talking about something else. But if they could all see, they would realize they're just touching different parts of the same thing. Now, pluralists say, this is what's happening in the world religions. Okay, when it comes to God, well, you call him Brahma or Allah or Jesus, Vishnu, whatever you want. Essentially, we're all just touching different parts of the same elephant here. Well, this seems like a good illustration here. But what the pluralist does not realize is that he is also being narrow-minded and intolerant. You see, the pluralist believes Everyone is blind except him. Everyone's got the wrong perspective and everyone's blind except him. He's the king on the balcony that sees everything. He's the one that has the truth and sees reality and nobody else does. And to disagree with him, you'd be wrong. How narrow-minded, how intolerant. You know, a professor of mine named Norman Geisler, we had him a few years ago, gave a great illustration of this. He was debating a pluralist. And the professor grabbed the Bible and said, you know, Norm Geisler here is a Christian and he believes whoever doesn't believe this book here is wrong and not going to have eternal life. And he slammed it on the ground. Well, in his response, Dr. Geisler picked up the man's book and he says, Professor so and so, you know what he believes? He believes that anyone who disagrees what he's written in this book here is wrong. And he slammed it on the table. And there was a laugh in the audience, and people figured out what he was saying. If you think a pluralist is open-minded, disagree with them, and you'll see how tolerant they really are. Now, in order to address the issue of pluralism, we must first start with the understanding of the nature of truth. When critics look at you and say, you know, you Christians are so narrow-minded, you think Jesus is the only way, your response should be, sure. Sure. Because that is the nature of truth. Truth by its nature is narrow and exclusive and absolute. That's the nature of truth. Truth is not relative. That's what we call a self-defeating or contradictory statement. To say there's no such thing as truth, guess what? That's a statement of truth. To say there are no absolutes is making an absolute truth statement. You see, truth exists. It's undeniable. And truth by its nature is narrow because truth excludes its opposite. Okay? Two plus two equals four and nothing else. Okay? It can't equal six or eight or whatever I want it to. We couldn't have mathematics. We couldn't have engineering. We couldn't have an economic system. We understand two plus two equals four. Oh, how narrow-minded. How intolerant. Well, that's the nature of truth. If I'm Pat Zuckeran, the statement, I'm not Pat Zuckeran" not be true at the same time and in the same way. See, truth is narrow because it excludes its opposite. In fact, there's a famous law here called Aristotle's Law of Non-Contradiction. And Aristotle's Law simply says this. Opposite statements cannot be true at the same time and in the same way. Opposite statements cannot be true at the same time and in the same way. This is a universal law. We apply this law every day. In fact, you couldn't have a coherent conversation if you didn't apply this law, all right? If you came up to me this afternoon and says, Pat, are you going to be at the conference tonight? And I said, sure, I'll be there, but I won't be there. Well, would you be taking notes for us? Sure, I'll take notes, but I won't take any. How are you? You'd be able to Pat, make up your mind. This is, you're not making any sense. You see, we apply that law every day. Hey, we couldn't have a coherent conversation if we didn't apply that law. Truth is narrow because it excludes its opposite. Truth is also absolute. It applies to everyone, everywhere. A triangle has three sides. That's true in China. That's true in India. That's true here in the United States. That's true here in Hawaii. Truth is narrow, truth is exclusive, and truth is absolute. Now, understanding that nature of truth, there's several, there's many reasons to reject pluralism. Let me just give you a few. First, we should reject pluralism because logic reasons against it. Remember, the law of non-contradiction. Opposites cannot be true at the same time. And in the same way, there was a famous Muslim philosopher named Avicenna who said this about the law of non-contradiction. He says, anyone who denies the law of non-contradiction should be beaten and burned until he admits that to be beaten is not the same as to be beaten and to be burned is not the same as not to be burned. In other words, it's a universal law that cannot be denied. Now, opposites cannot be true at the same time and in the same way. And when you study the world religions, when you break it down to its basic fundamentals, people think, oh, we're all talking about the same thing. Well, when you look at the basics of each religion, you realize we're not saying the same thing. We're saying contradictory things. So we're going to just take a look briefly at four things here and look at just a few of the religions and what they teach. First. When it comes to the nature of God, atheists and atheistic religions say there is no God and no creator. Hindus are pantheists. Hey, they believe God is an impersonal force made up of all things in the universe. God is this cosmic energy made up of everything in the universe. God is not a person. Hey, Brahman is not a person. He is an impersonal force made up of all things in the universe. God is the universe, and the universe is God. Buddhism. God is irrelevant in Buddhism. It's all about the individual attaining enlightenment and a state of nirvana, nothingness. So God is irrelevant in Buddhism. That's why a lot of systems of Buddhism do not have God. They would be atheists. Muslims. Muslims are Unitarian theists. Hey, they believe that there's one God, Allah is his name. The Trinity, what Christians believe there's one God revealed in three distinct persons, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, is heresy. It hey, is is blasphemy, shirk, the unpardonable sin of blasphemy in Islam. Judaism, Judaism, they're also Unitarian theists. Hey, they believe in that there is only one God. And the Trinity hey, is also false teaching. Christianity teaches that there is one personal God, the creator of all things, revealed in three distinct persons, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. So take a look at that and see, are we saying the same thing? Is there a God or is there not a God? Both can't be right at the same time in the same way. Is God a person or is God an impersonal energy or force? Is God one with the universe or is God separate and is he the creator of the universe? We're not all saying the same thing. Let's take a look when it comes to the nature of man. Atheists say we're simply a material being. There's no immaterial soul or spirit that survives the death of the body. We're simply flesh and chemistry and that's it. Hinduism. It teaches our true nature because we are one with the cosmic force of the universe. We are ultimately divine and our individuality is simply an illusion. We're actually a drop in the large ocean of the divine. Buddhism. Buddhism teaches that man is basically good but unenlightened. His real problem is not sin. His real problem is ignorance. Islam, Islam does not adhere to the doctrine of original sin. Islam also teaches man is basically good, and through his efforts can attain his salvation. Judaism, Judaism, one has various teachings, but one of the most dominant is that man is born a clean slate. Everyone has an inclination for evil as well as good, and they can overcome their evil nature by obedience to the law. Christianity teaches that man is sinful by nature, and we are born in sin, and there's nothing we can do to work our way to salvation and eternal life. So take a look at that. Are we saying all the same thing? Is man divine, or is he a created being? Is man just a material being, or is there an immaterial soul and spirit that survives the death of the body? Is man born basically good, or is he sinful by nature? Hey, we're not all saying the same thing. Let's take a look at the next one, salvation. Atheists, well, there's nothing after death, simply annihilation and extinction. Hinduism teaches that we are in an endless cycle of reincarnation, and we can go through this for millions and millions of years until we finally escape that cycle of reincarnation And become absorbed into the one. Buddhism teaches that we are in an endless cycle of rebirth. And deliverance comes from extinguishing all desire. By following the four noble truths and the eightfold path. Islam teaches that worthy Muslims will spend paradise. In Islamic paradise. Where they will be drinking out of rivers of wine being entertained by heavenly maidens whom they can take as their wives. Forty for outstanding Muslims. Seventy for those who have been martyred in holy war. Judaism. There's various teachings regarding Judaism. Some teach a resurrection. Some teach an immortality of the soul. Some simply teach extinction after death. Christianity. Hebrews 9.27, it is appointed for each man and woman to die once, and then comes the judgment. Your eternal destiny is determined by the decision you make for Jesus Christ now. So take a look at that list. Are we all saying the same thing? Are we in an endless cycle of reincarnation, or do we die once, and then comes the judgment? We're not all saying the same thing. Next, Salvation. Atheists, really, there's nothing after death, simply extinction and annihilation. Hindus, you're in an endless cycle of reincarnation and you attain ultimate deliverance by devotion to a particular god or enlightenment or through good works, but basically through good works. Buddhists, you're delivered from the cycle of rebirth by Acknowledging the four noble truths and obeying the eightfold path. Basically, by works. Islam. Salvation comes by obedience to the Quran. Basically, good works. Since man is basically good, that's why they reject the death, the atoning death of Christ on the cross. Because man, by his good effort, can attain eternal paradise in Islamic paradise. Judaism. Judaism. Salvation comes by obedience to the law, basically works. And finally, Christianity. Christianity says because we are sinful by birth, there is nothing we can do to earn our salvation. All we're we called to do is receive the gift of grace, of eternal life given to us through God's Son, Jesus Christ. So take a look at that. Are we all saying the same thing? Is salvation by good works? Or is it there's nothing you can do to earn your salvation? All you can do is receive the gift of grace given to us through God's Son, Jesus Christ. We're not all saying the same thing. Finally, what about Jesus Christ? Atheists say he's simply a legendary figure or good teacher. Hinduism says he's an one of many holy men. Buddhism teaches he's one of many enlightened ones. Islam says he's a man, a prophet, a great prophet, but simply a man. Judaism says he's a misguided reformer. Christianity says he's the unique, divine son of God. When you look at the fundamentals of all the religions, you realize we are not all saying the same thing. In fact, we are saying mutually exclusive, and we're making contradictory truth claims. We cannot all be right at the same time. Okay? Since religions make mutually exclusive and contradictory truth claims, pluralism cannot be true. Steve, philosopher Steve Turner says this, we believe that all religions are basically the same. At least the one we read was they all believe in love and goodness. They only differ on matters of creation, sin, heaven, hell, God, and salvation. Christian philosopher Ravi Zacharias says this, Most people think all religions are essentially the same and only superficially different. Just the opposite is true. So we should reject pluralism because logic reasons against it. We should also logic reasons against it. Aristotle's law of non-contradiction. Opposites cannot be true at the same time and in the same way.
0: joining us here on Evidence and Answers. I hope you enjoyed listening to one of our messages from this past year's Hawaii Apologetics Conference. Our theme was Evidence of Life Beyond the Grave, and it featured a wonderful lineup of scholars who presented fascinating and inspiring seminars. If you would like a copy of all the seminars from this past year's conference, log on at evidenceandanswers.org, and you can order the entire series. Pat is the director of the Pacific Apologetics Center, a subsidiary ministry of the Bible Institute of Hawaii. Pat's ministry relies on the generous donations from you, our listeners. If you've been blessed by Pat's teaching, please support him in prayer and with a financial gift by logging on at evidenceandanswers.org. Evidence and Answers Radio Show is brought to you by our key sponsor, Highland Capital Management, providing investors with alternative investment solutions for more than 20 years. To learn more, please visit their website at www.hcmlp.com. Join us again here next week or on the web for more evidence and answers.